Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You know, it would it'd be really nice if the host started the show. It would be if we were actually recording. We I are actually recording. recording. Oh, I'm drunken. I can still read those words. God damn it. My fucking Skype has been giving me shit all day today. It goes all the way back to when I sat in with Rattledgeon Broadcasting and it hung up on me twice during the Backlash episode. Oh, My please. Apologies. Excuses, excuses. My phone is janky. My Skype is uh, messing up. Jesus, Broadhurst. Really? Because this didn't happen last night and it cost us the ability to record any more episodes of Life is Like a Game Show? Okay, if anybody, you should be seconding my issues over here, Watkins. Anyway, good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening. A proper introduction to the show. And welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. I am the voice of reason. I am the man who clearly needs a new cell phone. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, he is the DSDO. He is Dynamite. He is Eric Watkins. Man, with this Chianti, all I'm missing is a liver and some good fava beans. Hello, Clarice. I actually got that reference. Also joining us, as per usual, he's the unprofessional. This is Jason Teasley. I'm just happy to be here. We're happy to have you back, too. Nice of you to actually join us. <laughs> Although I understand that your schedule is taking, taking you away from us next time we record as well, unfortunately. Hey, I, I, I'm kind of important. Uh, I, have, I have business matters to attend to that may or may not come to fruition because I learned that there's a lot of shit on the W2M network I'm left out of. But I digress. Technically, <laughs> there's some facts there. One of the things that he's not left out of, however, is get Amazon Music and going to getamazonmusic.com backslash W2M Network for a free 30-day trial for Amazon Music. In addition, you can listen to all of your favorite W2M Network podcasts by searching for the W2M Network on any Alexa-enabled device. Ah! First two minutes again, Watkins. Oh, so you fancy with those ad reads. I see how it is. I learned from Bradley earlier today. Also joining us, the newest member of the team. She is the locksmith, Kennedy Eddings. Just happy to be involved as always. If only you could have seen the look on her face when she saw that little bit of gimmick infringement that happened. Which, hey, for those of you who happen to watch us on YouTube, stay tuned in that regard. Yeah, I can't even see your guys' video right now because my Skype is so oh, my Skype is so whack ass. I'm just. Saying. I can't even see. I can't even see Eric because he's not blinking or smiling. Emily, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, the... hold on. Speaking of which, I'm going to be seeing a lot of Eric for three days. Why <laughs> uh, we um, send you guys updates watching the Bills play. I almost feel like we should do a special edition of the kickoff with you two together down in Jacksonville. 
No, because um, I've already made it clear that I will be highly inebriated the almost the entire weekend. Look, if you don't see either of us belly flop into a kiddie pool filled with mayonnaise, consider that a win. Don't push your luck on anything else. Yeah, I'm not. You doing either no jump into a things. table or you don't do it at all. Oh, okay, I've, now I've that we've already agreed will most likely happen. Yeah, I've already said that I'm getting drunk with a bunch of Bills fans, and uh, I'm going to let them put me through a table. And I've already said, because of a previous agreement I made on this very podcast, that yes, I would go through one as well. Um, Jason, video or it doesn't happen. <laughs> Do you think we're not going to video it? That's not the saying. God, y'all are old. It's Pixar didn't happen. Well, in this case, it would be video, so hot. Yeah, but that's not the same. Technology I mean, has evolved, Kennedy. I mean, just because Periscope doesn't exist, that doesn't mean that we can put up things like TikTok or things on Twitter. <laughs> Your technology has evolved. Mine is still stuck back in the fucking Stone Age over here. <laughs> All right, so I actually asked for the floor for a few moments before we started the show proper, and... Long-time listeners of the show might know where I'm about to go with this. Um, I think Eric knows. I'm not sure if Jason remembers or not, but he's been involved in this discussion before. Tonight's episode of The Kickoff is dedicated to the memory of Carla Denise Broadhurst, May 20th, 1987 to July 8th, 1996. This one's for you, little sis. All right, enough somberness. Let's get to the show, shall we? Oh, wait, so we are actually doing a show. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not be mid-munch when you're trying to have a conversation, Eric. Sometimes you got to munch while you're, while you're observing barbells. I'm, I'm not even going to dignify that. <laughs> Are you ready to are you ready to have a conversation, Eric? Because we're starting with the news desk. Well, I mean, about as ready as I can be with my uh, current state. Sure. Oh, we're doing a news desk. All right. See you guys at fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> see, we tricked you, Jason. <laughs> it was us all along. <laughs> it was us, Austin. It was us all along. It was Agatha all along. Well, to start things, as Jason already alluded to, we have been graced with the 2021 NFL schedule. A lot of key highlights, but uh, personally, for us on the podcast, there is going to be a miniature meeting of the minds, or lack thereof, depending on the time of that particular day, as, yes, your bills come down to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars, Early November. I believe that's week nine. <laughs> I just know it's November 7th. That That's as far as I'm going to get with that. Indeed, week nine and with the expanded season and the fact that, yes, with the international games, we'll actually have eight home games here in Jacksonville for the first time in a dog's age. There's a lot of tastiness this year. I think the NFL did it right. 
I am kind of curious as to your guys' thoughts on the two uh, national broadcasts to open the season. The fact that we're starting the 2021 season off with Kansas City and Dallas, or excuse me, with Tampa Bay and Dallas, and we're Sunday night footballing week one with Kansas City and Cleveland. Well, I just personally that. in that regard, I'm for it. They're following the rule of Super Bowl champions, and with Dak coming back for Dallas, that alone is already an intriguing storyline. And, of course, the Browns are going to naturally find a way to fuck things up. I just realized something. I can watch the Jags twice this year. <laughs> who, do play, who else do they play besides besides Buffalo that you're going to? I mean, I'm only two hours away from Cincinnati for a Thursday night game. Trevor Lawrence v. Joe Burrow. Good well, yeah. matchup. Yeah, you assume that Joe Burrow isn't going to die in the interim. We'll talk about that when we get to our draft coverage a little bit later on in the show. Kennedy. Hey, Bar- hey Barbells, calm down. Kennedy, Buffalo opens with Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on that? We're going to do the same thing we did last season to Pittsburgh. I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, all I had to say about that game was Bills by a billion. What's up? Bills by a billion. <laughs> no, in all sincerity, though, I, I think it's interesting that we're doing the Steelers game first because that's usually a game that they save for later on in the season. So they already they already know we're gonna wash them. It's not like a it's not a game with any suspense anymore. I'll, I'll be I'll be willing to take the the Steelers in that game with anybody on. And you're spot. willing to look real fucking stupid, so. You want you want to put your money where your mouth is. All right, bet. Josh Allen, baby. Hey, Eric, Eric, I need you to facilitate here. Is the power bestowed upon me by the state of Florida as a notary public? I am officially marking this 20th of May, 9.29 p.m. Eastern time. Any bet here forth will be officially witnessed. Please proceed. (laughs) Jason. You, you you got a uh, you got a hat that says the uh, the Steelers are going to be Buffalo. Uh, I I will bet I will bet a Josh Allen potato. You can't take my potato. I didn't even get it yet. Kennedy Kennedy already ordered hers, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm more focused on that hoodie that I ordered because it looks swank AF. Swank AF. And you guys. Would not and you would not have had the Josh oh. Allen potato if I hadn't found it. I found the hoodie on my own. Uh, yes or no on the hat bet, Jason? Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that bet. All right, we'll do a hat then. A Bills hat. Yeah. If if Buffalo wins, then he owes he owes one of us. Maybe me. Maybe you. Maybe both of us. A Bills hat. If, whoa, whoa, whoa! If, I made oh, the bet. Yourself as a third party. Bro. What? I'm okay, so you're not. Expect, that's fine. That's fine. I'll do it straight up against Jason. I don't care. If the Bills win, he owes me a Bills hat. If the Steelers win, I own a Giants hat. Wait, I made this bet. How did you come into play? <laughs> I, I, I was like, right, <laughs> what a be Kennedy bet? I, I bet Jason and Henry, or Henry again. Here we go. Harry gets the hat. So black, woman. Look, Harry Henry Broadhurst, by the power <laughs> vested in me, any requests you make are officially invalid. 
Oh, hey, me, Watkins. Hey, it's white privilege. He just swoops in and takes credit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just he's a white male, so I don't deserve my hat. But anyways, bills by a billion. Uh, all, right, all right. So okay, I got. I, we we need parameters. So are we taking are we taking straight up or line? Just I just it was bills bills win. I get my hat. Okay. So that implies that the bet is straight up. So we're See, ta- we're going straight up. I'll even give you the points if you take my bet. Okay, I'll take your bet. Shit, it's not like I don't have six credit cards that just got sent to me. Fuck, I'll, I don't care. <laughs> Most of those credit cards are being used to pay off his five Jeeps. No, actually, once. Well, I just I just booked. Uh, just I'm sending the wife to Florida for a week, and I'm going to be home by myself. Uh, I'm going to Jacksonville for the weekend to hang out with Eric and we'll go to a, the Jags um, Bills game. And then we're going to we got to Facetime each other and shotgun a beer while you're there. Um, and then I'm got my vacation to Panama City Beach uh, the week of my birthday. All right, I'm just going to throw it out there. He no-sold the fuck out of you on that. No. Uh, yeah, no, no it's uh, I'll do it by myself. It's fine. No, no we're not it, even friends. No. It, 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 it was it was it was rude, you know, that the beginning of her sentence started no. in the middle of mine. Okay, it, but you just ignored me. At least I interrupted you. You just well, ignored I was, me. I was getting ready to acknowledge you. Is this how you don't matter? We're not we're not we're not shotgunning the beer. We're getting tore the fuck up. No, <laughs> so I said like, FaceTime me and shotgun a beer. Well, yeah, but even I then, with the FaceTime, Jason's still right, though. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of the cool kids. I don't own an iPhone. I own an Android. I'm one of the cool kids. I don't FaceTime. Thank you, Team Android for life, bitches. If you're almost 43, just say that, Jason. Hey. Hey, step bro. <laughs> <laughs> is this about how you expected the news desk to go Eric? because it is how i expected it to go look i thought i was gonna be the one to cause chaos so i'm glad people can't blame me but as always you y'all. can send any hate mail for this segment to s.garmer at gmail.com <laughs> don't expect an immediate response however I told y'all I was drinking before we started, so you had your fair warning whether to let me partake or not. You also thought we were starting an hour later, so. I am also, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on air. Uh, Not mentally sound. There we go. <laughs> oh, join the club, Kennedy. Let's, let's, not, let's not use the word that begins with just the co-host. Yeah, no, no, stop myself. I'm learning. It's about time. It's about time. Hey. Eric. Look, Jason, someone has to learn around here, so that's a benefit. We call that progress. So, 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 you know what else we call this? She is now Barbell. Her nickname is now Barbell. You have to have reasoning behind it. Locksmith made 110% sense. What did you tell us before we started recording? That I'm glad that Eric was not here to be a part of. What? What did you just have done? Oh. (laughs) 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 That has nothing to do with football. 
No, no, That's no, 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 you explain yourself. I no, we, we will, you can't see my eyes light up right now. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Family show, moving forward. We will explain off air. Okay, yep. we're not. <laughs> I said we'll explain off show. And then she blurts out. You can't know, stop, was, won't stop, baby. Uh, speaking as a male, I'm not a fan, but that's just me. No, okay. I'm not married to you, so we're fine. Well, <laughs> And trust me, see, I'm thankful every day for that, Kennedy. <laughs> right, see, see, this this would go back to a comment she made earlier that I'm not going to I'm not going to make the call back to because I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to refrain from comments. What the hell? Well, that's a fucking first. from things. Wait a minute. Hey, Eric, where we're going, we don't need no fucking rails. We never had rails to begin with. That's how well, I, I don't like it. One. Not on this one. Sorry, little sis. Uh, I'm just happy to be involved. <laughs> Jesus. All right. No, but okay. Back to the NFL schedule review here. What do you guys think about the whole the whole process of the schedule review? Do you like the fact that it's become its own thing now, or do you think that they put too much sizzle into something that's not necessarily stake enough? Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, I gotta take a break, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of sizzle, no steak. But I've got to step away for a second. And I'll be right back. All right, Kennedy. Same question. Do you think that they put too much into the? Do you think that they put too much into the NFL schedule reveal? I don't think so. They didn't didn't they just release it? What I saw on my end is they just released it. It wasn't any extra or anything to it. I thought it was just a normal schedule release. But the fact that they make it a television event now rather than how they just used to put it online before. Oh, did they? Yeah, they have an actual thing dedicated on NFL Network to it. Oh, that's kind of fucking stupid. Nobody cares that much. Like, schedules are fun, but you can't change them. It's not like we have an opinion and we can vote. They made the schedule, just just fucking put it out. I mean, the Bills kind of had fun with theirs. It was a bunch of destructions of other teams' logos and stuff. I thought it was pretty funny. Eric, what do you think about the schedule reveal? Do you think we put too much? Uh, you think we put too much happenstance into this here? Do you think it's all sizzle for not a whole lot of steak? I don't know. I mean, given how the basis of over unders as far as win totals things like that that's really become central in the gambling world i think there's a right amount of sizzle with this stake the nfl has made it into as you said a nice prime time event which as we're going into the quasi sports doldrums where the dominant two sports are the nba and major league baseball this is a nice little refresher plus seeing teams like the jaguars have uh, all kinds of Florida man-related headlines on Twitter with their release. The Steelers using Legos, the Bills, the Chargers using a PowerPoint presentation. I think allowing the teams to have their own kind of spin and having fun with it, along with your main central event, is a pretty nice deal. They make it relatively short, not an all-night sort of thing. So I think it's just about right. Just about right. I will say this much, and we give Robert Taylor all kinds of shit on this show, as we are want to do. 
I did think that the, their usage of the X Factor Dante Hall for the Kansas City schedule reveal was pretty cool. And you know I'm a big trading card person as well, so that was kind of cool as well, seeing them using the various trading cards in order to reveal their schedule. Well, not to mention the fact that they can immediately, not just as those trading cards, but corner themselves right into the NFT market alongside of that. But that's a discussion for another show. All right, so that's your NFL schedule reveal conversation. We also talked a little bit about week one. We will have an update on the kickoff schedule going towards week one a little bit later on in the broadcast. For now, we go back to the news desk. And once again, the anchorman, Eric Watkins. Well, while the schedule has come out, there's been a little bit brewing as far as two certain high-profile quarterbacks in their levels of happiness as far as with their teams this season. First, it was Russell Wilson mentioning trade destinations with the Seahawks, and now the dominant story is the man, the potential Jeopardy host, the legend, Aaron Rodgers, kind of continuing to put the pressure on Green Bay. See, I don't know why I don't know why Rodgers is as upset as he is with the Packers, especially after the draft that Green Bay had. And we'll talk more about Green Bay here. It's not like they went out and drafted a quarterback in the first. Oh wait, they did that last year. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe he has a bitch. We just figured Rodgers bowled out last year to kind of stick it to Green Bay there, but no, apparently there are some real hurt ass feelings there, Kennedy. I just think he needs to do what he needs to do. They haven't provided him anything within the past how many years. If he wants to be salty, which he should be, then go find a new fucking team. Win your fucking last Super Bowl and he needs to retire. He's getting washed up. I like Aaron Rodgers. I like him a lot. But he's past his prime. He still has the skill, but he's past his prime. He needs a good team around him, and he can still do it. But I'd give him maybe one, two more years max. So if you're going to be salty about it, go find a new team. If not, shut up, put up. Make your team your team and try to win a Super Bowl. Eric, I saw it. I saw it posturized on one of the other forums that I'm on that if Rodgers has beef and Wilson has beef, just fucking swap them. Do you think there's absolutely any not? Absolutely not. No. Well, Sorry, I, mean, I know I'm not Eric. My bad. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you're sitting there and you were eating that pickle and everything else aside. I yeah, snack. I, I, I actually agree. I mean, that really would not make sense. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, yes, he has shown by himself with limited talent, he can get a team on the doorstep of a Super Bowl. And he has said, hey, I just want this extra piece. I went ahead and I went on my fuck you tour and you see what happened. Even with Jeopardy, as far as whose choice was it to kick that field goal. You'll put him in a situation like Seattle with the absence of that offensive line. He gets destroyed. He goes into retirement when he does have an extra year or two left. And then all of a sudden you do legitimize him being more in the race as your permanent host of Jeopardy. But Russ. Oh, sorry. But I honestly think the Packers have to some extent tried, but they tried really in the wrong ways. I even said when they drafted Jordan Love and not getting him the wide receiver that he asked for, they were already playing with fire. You've already got a major contract situation with him to where he's going to be gone from the team within a year. 
at the very most, if not this season next. He's already got his eye on other things, and the fact that you've already kind of got offers and said no, which really would have made everybody win, this is going to put the focus more squarely on the Packers. Do I think it should all be on them? Absolutely not. I think Aaron Rodgers, for his entire body of work, does need to take some blame of the fact that why he's only won one Super Bowl. But over the last two seasons, yes, I am inclined to agree with him. He's tried. He's been, for the most part, very reasonable about it. But the Packers front office has really let him down. Seattle really isn't the best choice. Wilson would win completely flat out if he were in Green Bay in his stomping grounds from his time as a Badger. But what would you really do for A-Rod? I mean, you could kind of see Rodgers going ahead and taking this opportunity to become the full-time host for uh, Jeopardy, wouldn't you? Absolutely. He's flat out said, this is their schedule. This is how they film. These are the number of days available on my calendar. And he's like, hey, if I could go ahead and solidify myself in that sort of a career, I can just walk at a canter, not care as much, and then go on into a steady retirement. I kind of want to get Jason's thoughts on where things are going with regards to Rodgers and in his Green Bay situation. But unfortunately, Jason had to step away, so he's not available to give his thoughts currently. Yeah, I would be curious as to his thoughts myself when he comes back. He looks like he had a little bit of an emergency, but no worries. We'll soldier on. Yeah, I saw... uh... I saw a Bow Wow involved in the picture, so it looked like there might have been some dog situation. <laughs> Hashtag uh, doggo. Indeed. Hashtag who's a good boy. <laughs> All right. So uh, Kennedy is going to step away for a few moments. She will be back a little bit later on in the broadcast. Eric, we got a little bit of time to kill while J- before Jason gets back, so we might as well talk some other stuff that's at the news desk right now, just the two of us, while we wait for these two. Well, the good news is the NCAA has blessed us in their dead time with a couple of major stories. Number one, the Pac-12 recently announced that they will waive their intra-conference transfer rules, going more in line with what the NCAA as a whole is beginning to introduce. Teams that go from one Pac-12 school to another will no longer have to sit out a year. They will be eligible immediately. And on a grander scale, there is exponentially more progress with Mark Embert and the gang in Indianapolis moving forward with the model of name, image, and likeness for NCAA athletes all around. So the kind of things that we were wondering how they would approach, you're starting to see come into play a little bit more. Well, I think the name image likeness thing has a lot to do with that whole re, uh, rumored relaunch with the NCAA football game, too, because I think that the uh, I think that the NCAA athletic directors are realizing that that's money left on the table for their respective schools if they don't participate in that and if they don't get involved in that. Uh, who was it that said that they would refuse to do that? Wasn't it like Notre Dame? Notre Dame would choose to do it, not to mention Florida's law is going into effect. I want to say within just a couple of months and then a couple of other states have gotten involved kind of pushing the matter ahead by a year or two from the NCAA. 
So, like, more and more of these states are starting to recognize the rights of these student athletes to be covered for their to be compensated for their time. Now, we've had this conversation many times before on this show about whether or not we feel scholarships in and of themselves are enough. Personally, I don't know that you can necessarily make that justification in either for either side of that decision. Because while there are plenty of student athletes who take advantage of the school experience, there are other athletes that are at these schools specifically to set themselves up for further earnings potential within the sport that they are involved in. And a chance to monetize that as early as possible for them would be a way to take care of their families, even if things don't necessarily work out to a larger, more grand scale, like we'll talk about with the people that were just recently drafted. Oh, yeah. And for all the NCAA's credit featuring the successful careers outside of athletics for some of their top athletes who don't go on to the next level. When you're looking at these things as a whole, and as we've discussed, you've got two main drivers for a collegiate athletics program, men's basketball and football for football through all the agreements they have with the NFL. You're going to be in college for at a minimum two years because it's a rule three years after your high school class graduates. So you get knowing if you are talented enough and you're going to be an early draft pick and leaving the school early. You've got those years to go ahead and build your brand and get yourself that nice bridge to help set up yourself and potentially your family, depending on the situation that bridge to the NFL. And in the case of men's basketball, bit of a side note, with the potential rules changing of getting rid of the one-and-dones, you can decide, hey, if I am not ready for the NBA just yet, I can go ahead, go to a good college, not even necessarily a Power 5 school, but there's plenty of marketing opportunities, so I can prepare and get those beginnings to take care of my family before I do eventually head on to the NBA. So while I'm still a little bit skeptical about how Emmert and the NCAA will handle this and the main argument about, oh, how the boosters are going to get involved, will they step away and will businesses go ahead and fill that void? I think with this, there's at least the beginning of a positive more player-friendly, player-centric framework being put into place as it should be. So this is at least a good push in the right direction. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how everything ends up playing out with regards to how much sanctioning there is of what these players can and can't do with their likenesses, how much... um, how many businesses are willing to get involved with these players respectively and how far they're willing to push the envelope as far as how much these players are able to earn as well. Right. And you've already got the beginnings of those guidelines and saying, okay, you're not going to be involved in any sort of gambling organizations, things like casinos or DraftKings or FanDuel, more on them in a moment, but you're already... I wouldn't say necessarily quite walking that tightrope, but you're already beginning to see the beginnings of, okay, you're taking a reasonable approach to this, an approach that would cause less problems. Now it's a matter of, 
can they keep that on this particular path? Absolutely. All right, let's hit up. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's hit up the next item in the news desk while we still wait for Jason to return. Oh, the last item on the news desk. Now I know for myself. Hashtag bet on Bovada. Bovada.lv. And with the recent other news articles, you would definitely want to head go ahead and take advantage of their opportunities and special offers as far as investing in Bitcoin and using Bitcoin for your winnings. But they're not going to be the only ones in the landscape as with the recent states and passages of bills, you're going to see an expansion of mobile sports betting throughout the U.S. Plus, with the current issues with the CFL season north of the border and the XFL-CFL merger talks that have been going on, there's been rumblings about more expansion for sports gambling up there, especially single-game betting instead of parlay exclusivity. So, uh... There's a little bit of a tide turning, and I, for one, completely love to see it. Well, of course you love to see it, because now you're actually going to be able to mobile sportsbook. Thank you, FanDuel Sportsbook. Please take some of my money. But yes, remember, 21 and up, and always gamble responsibly. Indeed. Unlike a certain Mr. Teasley. Look, just because there are certain ginger domuses among us who may need Gamblers Anonymous and happen to bet on particular things that we have no experiences with, that is a minority. And there's always 1-800 numbers in different helplines available if you know someone as well who is in that sort of situation. I almost feel like I kind of want to include the number to Gamblers Anonymous in the show description. I wish See, it was I don't have higher. to be fully sober to cover our ass on the show. That's what I do. You know what I do? What I, direct, I direct people to Grammarly. And you can you too can go to getgrammarly.com in order to try out Grammarly services in order to edit your emails, texts, and other professional documentation to make you come off more professional as well as more... How else would I phrase this, Eric? Help me out here. Hey, hey, hey. If you're going to mention all of the wonderful things that Grammarly does, you can't just go ahead and say, ooh, sending hate emails to s.garmer at gmail.com or writing resumes to work for all kinds of professional industries and networks like ours. You also have to remember, we're still in very skeptical times, so... A lot of people would still send emails, even to for those simply across town or for those halfway across the world, when you want to let them know that you are thinking about them or love them and care for them and want to convey your feelings. Grammarly will help you with that, too. Thank you very much. Not to mention if you want to have certain hate tweets to at Squid Sportshead, at H-E-B the Eagle, or others. Yes, Grammarly will help, and they have a little module as part of their Chrome browser extension to help you convey your proper feelings with those two. Come on, Broadhurst, head in the game with this. Hold on a second, because somebody tried to chime in while you were mid-tirade. What was that, Kennedy? Yeah, 
I, I do it all the time. I'm sorry. But I was going to say, you could also easily say it would make you see, make you sound like you're not like me or drunk Jason Teasley. Thank you. There, there is a le- there is a certain level of professionalism that neither Kennedy nor Jason have that you can achieve by going to getgrammarly.com backslash W2M network and trying the Grammarly service for yourself. Hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna do these plugs on the show, we're gonna spin them to our own connotations, Eric. I think I, I think so far we're handling that well. Wait a minute, was that a half-assed dab I just saw? <laughs> my my vodka weighed down my arm. So then drink more of the vodka, duh. Counterbalance and physics and all that. Okay, so I, I think Kennedy. Are you a uh, are you a sports poker? Are you a are you a better in terms of like actually like online gambling or anything like that? No, like I literally don't walk into casinos because of how bad I am at gambling. I don't stop. Okay, but unless it's unless it's a bet for a potato Josh Allen T-shirt, in which case you're all I in. just I just that's all in. But like I legit cannot gamble. I learned that at 18 that like that's my thing. But it, it doesn't need to be my thing, but like gambling, if I start, I don't stop. <laughs> well, then let me introduce you to a wonderful game called Three Card Poker. Not that I'm a negative influence or anything. Man, I'm a uh, blackjack lady. What was that about? Oh, ho, 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 ho. What yeah, was that about? you and I could theoretically do damage. Hmm. Hold on, hold on. I will be right back with you folks. I'm looking up the number for gambling. Gamblers Anonymous. I haven't stepped foot in a casino since I think I was 19 because I learned. I learned very early that's not where I need to be. Okay, but see here, with me, and there's always a secret. As long as you don't, with too much vodka, blurt out that I'm a mathematician, we could absolutely kill it. <laughs> so where I get it is my uh, my sister was in the casino business and my sister-in-law has been in the casino business for many a year, so I know all the uh, tips and tricks. I just don't know the stop button. Okay, so that means that you and I are going to collaborate, and we're going to be doing the draft, the NFL draft next year, live from Las Vegas. Got it. We'll make those plans. one 800 if you or anybody you know, including co-members of your podcast, has an addiction. That's for to quitters. Forth. I'm not a quitter. Um, Eric, yes. we have a pro- we have a problem. We who? We, me, and you. Oh, I take that back. Literally, right as I was about to say it, he came back. Uh, real quick, Jason, what are your thoughts on the uh, Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay? Uh, I think that they royally <laughs> fucked him over, and that he has every right to be pissed off about it, and. Uh, he's probably going to be a Denver Bronco by the start of the season. So Jason is my dad. Got it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I mean, look, if I see you two on an episode. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I see the two of them on an episode of Maury, then I'm going to be live tweeting that shit. That's what did I miss? That wouldn't be me and Jason. That'd be Jason and my mother. <laughs> that, that's what did fair. I miss? Especially since Jason was technically underage at that point still. Well, how's your mom? My mom's 50. She's 25 years older than me, so you would have been 18 and she would have been 25. 
he he would not have been 18. He would have been 16. So again, a perfect episode of Maury. I see no problem. 17. I was conceived in May of 20 or 20. Jesus Christ. 90. 90. Fuck. How old am I? 95. May of 95. May of 95. I was conceived. So uh, you was conceived or born? Conceived. I was born December of 95. So I would have been 16. Yikes. Yeah, like I said, he was 16. It was the 90s. Nobody cared. Some of us can do math on this show. Right, Eric? I'm strong. I'm not smart, so try again. But, I mean, nobody has reached out to Rick's TNT LLC for really how they can learn some of my math (laughs) skills. But, no, I'm not bitter. I just heard they reach around. Uh, Mr. Watkins, I disagree with that because I've gotten Rick's TLLC some business. Okay, you, and then that's about it, but... <laughs> hey, something's better than nothing. All right, okay. Kennedy, we'll see you a little bit that's later. That's what she the... said. Um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see you a little bit later on in the show because we're about to hit the part of the podcast that you don't care about. No, no, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Okay, so this is going to end terribly. Good to know. Full send. <laughs> I want to be included. Let's talk 2021 NFL draft. It took place in Cleveland, Ohio, which me and Jason actually talked about going to, and then nothing ever materialized from it. But then as soon as he finds out Buffalo's playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville, it's it's the book on that fucking plane ticket. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, think about it. Where would you rather be, Jacksonville or Cleveland? Um, Florida. Neither. Neither. Eventually, I would like to go down to Florida, but specifically to Gainesville. Eh, Close enough. Your Gators hockey team plays here in Jacksonville, so the judges have determined that's an acceptable answer. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, guys, time time for the neon lights, by the way. The University of Florida has a hockey team? Yes. They play in the Southern or Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference. Duh. I think Kennedy's about to use the bathroom on us. That's that's lovely. I said it was time for the neon lights. I gave you a warning. Well, as long as there's not a glass <laughs> table involved. <laughs> Somewhere Tony Atlas is smiling. Look, I mean, so I mean neon lights, golden shower, whatever. We don't discriminate here on the kickoff. Jason, that Tony Atlas joke was specifically for you. I was going to say, or Ricky Morton. Take your pick. All right, let's talk uh, New York Giants football draft, shall we, Jason? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, uh, fuck Philadelphia. Uh, and <laughs> what made it even better is if you've seen the the rookie minicamp, um, videos come out of of a certain player that the Eagles made sure to leapfrog the Giants to get. He cannot catch a fucking cold, and he is very disjointed and does not want to be in Philadelphia. And he's very pissed off that he got drafted by the Eagles. But let's do talk about who the Giants did pick here. Your first round pick, I got to admit, a little. A little what? A, a, he is a, he is a small in stature, raw athletic ability. Tony is 
It was a solid. I mean, I wasn't thrilled with the pick, uh, but everything I'm seeing on on the tape and everything, he is a solid raw talent. He's going to fit in the slot. He's going. I uh, figure he's going to push out uh, Sterling Shepard and be kind of a um, utility player, uh, returning punts as well as playing the slot uh, in that Giants offense. I do apologize for that. I had a phone call come in while I was doing the podcast. I obviously forgot to turn off my calls. I do apologize for that there. You just talked about Kadarius Tony. Let's talk about your second round pick also from the SEC, Jason, and a man who all three of us actually thought was going to go in the first round in Aziz Ojolari. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was really surprised that he fell that way. Um, and this was the first time the Gettleman has ever traded back in a draft. Uh, and the result was paid huge dividends. Uh, I, I was very surprised. I had him pegged as a late first round. Uh, when he kept sliding and sliding, I kind of started getting a little giddy about him going to the Giants. And when he finally was announced as a New York Giant, I was thrilled that we got him uh, that deep in the second round. Yeah, it was him and the one from Notre Dame that kind of surprised a lot of people. Uh, the one that went to Cleveland in, uh, what was it, mid-second round? Eric, help me out with the name that I'm thinking of here because I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, Damn it, I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Owusu. Uh, Owusu Koromoa. Akuna Matata. Part two, uh, Jeremiah owusu the linebacker that ended up going to Cleveland in the mid-second. Anyways, I just had to look that up real quick on, uh, I just had to look that up real quick on ESPN. But back to the Giants draft here. Is there one position that you wish the Giants would have covered that they didn't in this draft, Jason? Uh, yeah, I think that they needed to go middle linebacker. I was really hoping Parsons would have been there. I think Parsons um, landing in. Dallas, yes, Dallas at twelve is uh, is a good fit for him. I think uh, with Sean Lee retiring and everything, I think that, that brings a uh, really nice young nucleus for Dallas defense to build build around. Um, so I really wish Parsons would have went there. I think that that would have been a great get for the Giants. But I think uh, we need to secure the um, middle of the field with a, a nice inside linebacker uh, of sorts. All right, Eric, you ready? As ready as I can be. Okay, we already know how it started. Everybody knew it was going to happen, and it did. Sunshine himself, Trevor Lawrence, with the number one overall pick. Are you glad that they pulled the trigger on Trevor? Honestly, I really am. As much as I am all about Florida, man, when you have a guy who is a generational talent and has been regarded as the number one overall pick for a good two years running, you would want to see, especially with the new regime like Urban Myers coming into town, him coming in and all then you go ahead and you set the table for him. So the fact that they didn't waver, Urban Meyer went ahead with himself and listening to everybody else that he had built around him and his staff and with Trent Baalke as the general manager, this is our guy. I thought that that was a solid move. I wasn't necessarily nervous, but knowing Jacksonville like I do, 
there was always that chance that something could go awry. Thankfully, it didn't. A little bit of an added bonus for Mr. Lawrence is your other first-round pick in this year's draft ended up being his running back in college, Mr. Travis Etienne. Now, I was a little bit surprised at this pick, mainly because with the little bit of a depth of the first round as far as offensive linemen, and knowing that ours is well shaky at best, I thought that would have been a great pickup. However, with Urban Meyer coming out and saying, hey, I wanted a guy like Tony. Etienne was the best player on the board. I'm going to take him. I need a playmaker. And with what's happening in rookie mini camp, as far as having Etienne learn and taking his snaps almost exclusively at wide receiver, I think that this is going to be a little bit of a bonus, not just familiarity with Trevor Lawrence, having him in college at Clemson, but having that solid option with our notoriously bad reputation with wide receivers the last couple of years, getting that extra safety net, tight end not included, and yes, I specifically excluded that story from the news desk because, trust me, that's going to be a thing later on. It's I see the little bits of machinations, and I'm thinking... This could really potentially work, adding a little extra spice to our offense. Speaking of your offense, you guys stayed with the offense in the second round with your second pick, and that was Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford there. I think that I think that um, the maturation of your offensive line is going to be key for protecting Trevor Lawrence, which is a lesson that I believe the Cincinnati Bengals are going to learn the hard way, and we'll talk about them here in a few moments. Very much so, and that's where I thought, again, that they should have gone with the first round, and this is why I was a little bit skeptical with the back half of the draft and really day three, because like with Little, there was a teeny bit of injury history, but I am willing to give the benefit of the doubt because this is really going to help produce a more stout offensive line, give Trevor that time to throw a lot more plays out of the backfield, so... I'm feeling much more confident about my prediction of where the Jaguars will finish this season. And I'm starting to see again, there's this level of, okay, when it comes to on the field, there's a bit more of these people who actually know what they're doing. The last one of the Jaguars picks that I want to discuss is the one that I actually had going in the first round, but you ended up taking him with the 33rd overall pick, the first pick of round two, and that was Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. A lot of Bulldogs in this draft, and specifically a lot of Bulldog defensive players, because we just talked about Ojolari with Jason and the Giants. Well, just like with our wide receivers, You can really date this back to Jalen Ramsey. We have had equally horrible reputation with our defensive backfield. And from what I've seen with Campbell out of Georgia, it's very solid. And again, this is showing the process of, okay, this is very need-based, need-based, need-based. While I'm thinking, and I would hope he develops into more that kind of a shutdown corner if we can get some sort of pressure off our defensive front seven and have that bit of a cushion backfield, which Campbell definitely provides. This will really help kind of build us back up 
to the defense that we saw just four short years ago. All right, Kennedy, I'm going to wait for you to finish chewing because it's time to talk about Fuller. Okay, I'm okay. All right, so uh, I mentioned Jason and the Giants taking a Florida Gator for us. Well, at least for me. I know you, Alabama, I know. We ended up going to... We ended up going to Eric's school for our first-round pick, as it is Gregory Russo, defensive lineman, who apparently we're going to try to have fill the spot that will be vacated by Harrison Phillips. That man, I think, and you can never really tell when they come out of college. I really think you need to give everybody a season. Like, if someone comes in and kills it, good for them. But I think you should give everybody a season, because I think it's a big change from college to NFL. But... That man is an absolute fucking tank, and I feel he is a lot of what we needed. I think we need a lot of love on defense. Um, our O-line was kind of hit or miss, depending. Um, I think we needed a running back, but that's another story. But anyway, back to Gregory. I think that is the man that can do the fucking job for us. Absolutely. See, aren't you glad that he's on your side and you don't have to face him week one of this upcoming college season? <laughs> I'm going to be a Bills fan either way. If he was against us, we'd run him the fuck over. But since we have him, nobody's fucking stopping him. (laughs) Uh, Kennedy, he's referring to the fact that Alabama plays Miami this year to start the college football season. Oof. Oof. Okay. All right. See, I'm I'm trying to get this in now because when we get to that week, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. I am slowly preparing for this. Yeah, Eric, you guys are going to get fucking wrecked. Sorry. Don't apologize. I am embracing this. I have plenty of time to decide that. Man, my favor is when people say it's not Alabama's year, which every, you never know. Hold on, hold on. Oh, no, this isn't isn't college football because we have to get in that to another episode because Jason and I will end you. Will you? will you, Will you end me? No, you won't because... I was laughed at because I called out the fact that Alabama would not make a four-team playoff. I was mocked. Ginger Thomas predicted it, and it came to fruition. Because Alabama plays two blind and deaf schools, two high schools. I'm pretty sure they got a buddy league, midget league football team on there. What the fuck are we supposed to do about the schedule? Make Sorry. a better one. Sorry. I'm not in charge of that, baby. I don't know what to tell you. Say that word. Uh, Russo is, I'm getting us back on track here. Russo is six foot seven, two sixty six. So he is every bit of the size of what we lost in Harrison Phillips. But the question have is, you is seen, have you seen him next to Sean McDermott? I, I, have I thought you were going to say, have you seen him naked? I was like, what the fuck are you been looking at, Did you see the picture that I sent you from the Bills Facebook page that Gregory Russo is roughly the size of two and a half Isaiah McKenzie's? Exactly. Dude, if you Google, Google him next to Sean McDermott, and that man is, I don't who no one's going to stop him. I don't care who you are or who you Google think you have on your team. Nobody is stopping him. You're welcome. A couple of other people to discuss from this draft here. Um, the second round pick was kind of a surprise to me in Carlos Basham Jr., the defensive end out of 
Wake Forest. And the reason I say it was a surprise for me is because we kind of went defensive end in the first round last year when we took Ed Oliver out of Houston. Oliver underperformed, the argument could be made, but I don't know why we went for back-to-back players on the defensive line to start this year's, this year's draft class. Kennedy? Did we lose her? I have, I have a mouthful of sandwich right now. You had your mouth full of what now? Sandwich. Oh. Okay. Let's shut up here. Family show, Eric. Gee, how did I let that one get through? I took a fat bite of turkey sandwich before you called on me. I'm sorry. So what she's saying is she's got a mouthful of meat. Absolutely. Okay, wait. What was the question? Sorry. I'm good. <laughs> Swallowed. <laughs> Family Look, she she's admitted <laughs> the fact that spitters are quitters, so I mean she's only going by her own philosophy. Hundred and ten percent. All right, sorry, I, I lost myself. What was the what was the question? Carlos Basham Jr. Are you surprised to see the Bills take a second defensive end in as many drafts? Nope. Absolutely not. We need. So I I feel like so I feel like Bills take defense way too often, but they always take the wrong one. I think our food. Our first two draft picks are exactly what we needed. And then, like I said, after that, we went to the O-line. Cool. We also need that. And a lot of it, I think, where um, our team was thinking is how we played against Kansas City. Because nobody can touch us this year until we get to Kansas City again. So I think a lot of our drafting went about how we played against Kansas City in the championship. You say that? You say that, but Tennessee lit us the fuck up last year. We played them okay. the week like Kansas City. Okay, and? You act like teams don't fucking take an L sometimes that they shouldn't fucking take. It happens all the time. And just you're you have like just the AFC nope, South nope, just is also some brand division. Just because you have one bad game that you shouldn't fucking have doesn't mean your team isn't shit. We had one bad game. We had one terrible-ass game against fucking Tennessee. That game should have never fucking happened. We should have done way better against them than we should have. We I'm should have sure done way better against Kansas City than we did. I'm but sure Derrick Henry chose. had something to say about that. We I mean, had... I mean Derrick Henry was, like, stiff-arming people into, like, comas against Buffalo. You You saw it. And it happened, and you can only learn and grow from them. So don't sit here and use fucking Tennessee as a fucking excuse on why our team played the way it did. This is a fucking new year. And there's new shit that's going to fucking happen. So Tennessee can come back. But, but, but besides, Jason, do we really have to bring up the pain of watching Derrick Henry Mom, do that? To calm down here I mean, because I just got reason. over my nightmares of seeing Jesus. That. All right. Back to what I was – the point that I was trying to make is – Tennessee worries me about where they fall on no. this. Well, Tennessee does so, not worry me this fucking season at all. I disagree because of where they fall on the schedule. Having them on a national broadcasted game the week before we play Kansas City. Okay, and that's just that's just Bills fan. That's old, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it, that's old Bills fans thinking the way old Bills fans fucking think. All you've experienced in your life is the way the Bills, oh, it's just the Bills, it's the Bills, it's the Bills. This is a new fucking generation of Bills players. This is a new team that has watched their fucking team just sit in the shadows for the past fucking 26 years. Josh Allen's going to sit there. He's going to lead his teams. Fuck the Titans. Fuck the Steelers. Fuck the Chiefs. You're sitting there living in the fucking past on the way the Bills have played. Sit there and watch this season and watch the Bills play this fucking season and see what the fuck we got. Because the Titans and the Steelers and the fucking Patriots, 
whoever. It doesn't mean shit because you have a good-ass captain leading his fucking team and they're going to play way better than it did last year. Yeah, Henry. All I'm going to say is nobody... All right, uh, real quick, two other names from the, the Bills draft class that I wanted to discuss here. Uh, Marquez Stevenson, wide receiver out of Houston, the same school that Oliver went to. And the belief for Stevenson is there will be the replacement for Isaiah McKenzie as our kick returner after McKenzie's contract expires at the end of this year. You like the idea of picking up a speed merchant and later in the draft we got uh, Stevenson in the fourth round. He's mid sandwich again. I'm sure of it. Oh, am I getting talked to? My that was a hundred and ten percent my bad. Okay, hold on. Choo-choo. Well, we're, we're right. talking bills, so Thanks. it would seem the reason this is you, Kennedy. Man, I'm hungry. All right. Um, hey, can I point something out? Kennedy, you're exactly where you need to be. I am fucking exactly where I need to be. Thank you, Jason. Oh. In the kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going I'm I'm to take it. I can't even. I am. I'm literally standing in my kitchen. I can't. Uh, back to Marquez Stevenson. I don't know. I mean, she did McKenzie. say she's in the kitchen. She had a mouthful of meat and taking it. So, I was I mean, hungry. connecting some thoughts. Man, I was hungry. All right. But for real, no. Like, there's going to be at a point. Or if he doesn't do his job this year. I think he did his job last year. Could he have done I, better? Yes. Could he have done worse? Yes. But I think very in the middle, he did his job last year. So we're going to give him a spot. And then if homeboy comes in and does better, fucking fill him in. That's what I think about this. That's, it's hard football. And I told you this, like, especially when fucking we talked about this with Tua. You need to give somebody a year or two. And I really genuinely think that. And I get money's on the line and fucking teens are on the line and blah, blah, blah. There's always going to be more money. There's always going to be more football. There's always going to be another fucking Super Bowl. So give McKenzie this year. See where fucking homeboy goes. See where they do down the middle. And then start who deserves to start. If McKenzie doesn't want to resign or can't resign or they don't want to, fuck it. There's always going to be another fucking year. Oh. All right, one last question to ask you about the Bills. So I'm going to ask it. You can finish your bite, and then you can answer. The other name that I wanted to discuss here is I think we may have gotten the best name in the draft this year. As our sixth-round pick is a cornerback from the University of Wisconsin, Rashad Wild Goose. We literally went on a wild goose chase in the sixth round. We need a corner. I don't care what any Bills fan says. I don't care. Do I wish? I personally wish we picked up a corner a little bit earlier. I do. I disagree. But okay. But a corner is what we need. I hope this man can develop because this might not be his best year. Obviously, it's his fucking rookie year. But I hope we can get somebody that sits there, develops, and gives us the corner that we need. Because even though I, obviously. Bills Mafia, man, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but a lot of the things we lacked last year, don't fucking shake your head, Jason, like your team's the fucking all-stars of the season. Die. They're the best, they're the best team in the um, but <laughs> Okay, so what we lacked a lot of is our corner game. It is. And people want to sit there and take O-line and D-line and do this and do that. And people talk shit about Josh Allen. But, like, I really don't think it's Josh Allen's fault. 
Homie has progressed every single year he's been on the team. What I've noticed that we have lacked is a corner. And our corners aren't fucking ass, but they're not great. I hope we get this kid and he fucking amounts to everything we need because I would fix a big asshole in our team. See, I think it was more I think it was more our line last year than it was our corners. I think our secondary our corners put, didn't do a good job. I disagree. I think it was our line that couldn't cover tight ends. Because it's not a cornerback's job to cover a tight end. I under, I, I fully understand that. That would be your linebacker core. But our corners didn't do a great fucking job. Go look it back on probably half of our games. Our corners did not do what they needed to do. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with both the defensive coordinator and all four starters in the secondary coming back. I don't think that we needed a cornerback in this draft, but at the same time, I would have taken a running back earlier in this draft too. So that kind of tells you where I fall. Singleton, I want to give. I'm going to give Moss. I think Moss has more potential than people are going to fucking give him. And I think Singletary too. Give Singletary a year, and I I guarantee you Moss shows out more this year than he did last year. When I tell you the plays Moss made last year that everybody fucking sleeps on, I think our running backs, give them this year. I'm not going to talk more than this year. Give our running backs this fucking year. We we needed a corner way more than we needed a running back. Um, I will say this much. Singletary has got himself into phenomenal shape, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not that translates to an on-the-field performance. For he Devin. took it seriously. He knew he was on—I'm not going to say, like, the chop block. I get those fucking contracts and blah, 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 before I sound like a woman talking about football, but oh, I no, get— He 100 percent was on the chopping block. He's taking it fucking—yeah, but he's taking it fucking seriously. So I'm not going to sit there and say, let's draft a fucking running back when we have Moss— who I think is going to light this season the fuck up. But let's give Singletary the respect I think he deserves for one more fucking season. I'm a, I'm a huge Zach Moss supporter. Um, anybody in my fantasy leagues knows that I'm a huge Zach Moss supporter. And you just to point, it, and just to point out, Giants had a better defense than both Yeah, and well, just to point out, you also – also had the Eagles choke away your playoff spots. So, you know, it happens. Silence. Anyway. No, I'm just, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that went right, wide right. I'm sorry. Living in the past. Sounding like a Cowboys fan over there. I'm well, sorry. I mean, I mean that's, if you think about I mean, it, when you're the best team just, in the tri-state region, you do kind of have some bragging rights. Go fuck yourself. Okay, sorry. I hate the Cowboys, but as Bills fans, we can't talk shit about the Cowboys yet. So, I mean, oh, let's living in the past, up to this year, living in the past is what Bills done because that was the last time they won a won a playoff. Well, absolutely no, no fucking no. Absolutely now we won a playoff game last year. No, we didn't. Oof. Oof, that was Houston. Ooh, R.I.P. R.I.P. We went to the playoffs last year. Sorry, redact. I got a little bit ahead of myself. All right, let's. Hey, slow down on that solo cup, woman. Absolutely uh, not. Let's get back to the draft here and try to wrap this up because, goddamn, has this show gone off the motherfucking rails? That implies that we were on any rails to begin with. And I was absent half the time. Jason, who do you think? I still can, but I just won't in this instance. Jason, who do you think had the best draft? 
Jacksonville by far. I mean, I mean, and that's not just you know buttering Eric up, but I mean, uh, I the the Etney, uh pick was very questionable uh, because I mean James Robinson had uh, undrafted free agent had over a thousand yards rushing, uh, average four uh, four point nine yards a carry, um, that was, so that was questionable, but. Urban Myers come out and said that he has a plan. He's going to he's got he's going to work the three-headed monster into the game uh, to keep everybody fresh to be ready for uh, the stretch to actually try to make a playoff run. So I, I kind of like that. Um, the second best draft I would have to go with. I mean, and this is not homerism. It's because of the value that they got, and that's going to be the Giants uh, being able to uh, land a first-round caliber player in the second round like they did. Uh, I don't uh, – the worst draft is, is we'll talk about we'll shortly. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second here. And that's going to be – I mean, there's a glaring – team that I feel is the worst draft but yeah so I think it's I think it's Jacksonville and uh, New York both had really solid drafts I think there's something else that you're forgetting in regards to the Giants draft selections as well Jason the fact that you guys picked up an extra first round pick next year in Chicago's by trading back from 12 to 20 yeah I mean um, I think the draft capital we got says volumes I don't think Chicago is going to be a really good team this year i think they're going to have some growing pains so i think it's going to be a top 12 pick again next year that we got from chicago to let them move up to get fields so i'm I'm fine with it eric who do you think had the best draft i'm honestly going to have a little bit of a flip-flop of jason the reason why i wouldn't have jacksonville as the best draft is like i said earlier i think with the second half of our draft picks Usually mainly day three of my injury history is a little bit of a concern. But honestly, I think when the Giants really needed to step up with this draft, knowing that they put Daniel Jones on the clock of saying, hey, shape up or ship the fuck out. They really stepped up and didn't give him any excuses, not just for next year, but they realize the state that the division is in. They realize how close they are as far as with everything being winnable, Dallas aside. And I think they came in and said, hey, this is what we need. This is what we're going to get. And they really hit on all of their targets. I almost hate to say this because uh, they're, they're probably going to be our biggest rivals for the next couple of years. In my opinion, I think the best draft was the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins got the wide receiver they wanted at six, even losing Jamar Chase to Cincinnati at five. I think the Dolphins ended up picking up a couple of other players that will play key roles for this team in the future in Jalen Phillips, the other member of that Miami defensive front two that caused such havoc for the Hurricanes last year. And then I think they got an underrated offensive lineman to help protect Tua and Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, and they were able to snag him in the, in the late second round. Yes. So I, I genuinely think that I think that Miami ended up doing really well with this draft, and they gave themselves the pieces that they need in order to a protect, in order to a protect and help Tua, and to b help improve that defense, which was so spotty last year. 
Ah, but at the same time, you're really putting a lot on Tagovailoa. And to me, at a bare minimum, the jury's still out. If he goes on there, his dad flies down to Miami with that belt, and he goes and proves me wrong, absolutely fine. I'll be the first to have garlic pepper and eat crow. But at the same time, until that happens, eh, I am skeptical. All right, I I have to ask. I don't know how closely you followed Kennedy. Do you have a do you have an answer for best draft? Bears. I think the Bears did the best with what they wanted to take and what they had and what they needed. Took two D linemen, two O linemen, and one uh, running back, a wide, and a quarterback. When I think about all the pockets they needed to fill and those men and where they can take them and how they can grow them and make them into the men that they need to be on their team, I think the Bears did the best this year. But what's the mamas think? I mean, are their mamas raising them to be good men? That's that's a whole nother. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right, Jason, flip side. Who had the worst draft? <laughs> the, the, the Raiders? Because I'm pretty sure that they look at the draft board and go, do they play for Clemson or Alabama draft? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't know what the fuck he's doing there. But yes, it's the. Hold on, I'm actually pulling up the Raiders, the Raiders draft here. See, Leatherwood I had as a first round pick, so I don't, I don't hate that pick. They got Morig pretty late in the second round. That's a good pick too. The rest of the, the rest of the draft doesn't look like much though. Yeah, it's the Raiders, the Raiders, um, and the Eagles. I, I think the Eagles. I, I do agree that the Eagles kind of screwed the the Eagles kind of screwed the pooch in this one a little bit. Like I I like the Devonta Smith pickup, although I don't think that he's going to have a big NFL career. I do think that he'll make a splash in his first year. I do like that pickup there. But other than Devonta Smith, there's literally nobody on this list that sticks out to me. And Landon Dickerson's coming off of an ACL injury. Eric, who do you think had the worst draft? I honestly am going to agree. I thought that the Raiders really began with the reach in Leatherwood. I don't think they really had any sort of cohesive strategy, any kind of plan going on. And the rest of their draft, they made that pretty evident. I mean, yeah, when you have like a good general manager, but you have John Gruden, who's still kind of out in the wilderness early on in a 10-year contract, how many more chances are you going to give him to go ahead and make things right instead of pissing things away? And I would say in a normal organization, they would wise up by this, but it's Mark Davis, so question marks. Kennedy, who had the worst draft? Cowboys, for sure. I don't think they picked up anyone that they actually really needed. Uh, I disagree with Micah Parsons. I, I, I drafted Parsons in my rookie fantasy draft second round, so inherently I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, so I they got one. People, they got one person that they needed. Look at the rest of As, their fucking draft. I'm look at the rest of their draft. I'm pulling they didn't get anybody now. that could that can fix all the problems that they have this year, or excuse me, last year. 
Uh, see, I think Golston will be something special once he has an opportunity to develop. Jabril Cox had superstar potential when he started at LSU, but unfortunately he faded off of the face of the fucking earth, and then he didn't even play last year. Okay, so again, points continue to proceed. They get one person, but that that doesn't em- or that doesn't fill all the empty holes that they fucking have. I don't disagree with that, but I do think that that one person that they did get is a potential difference maker for this franchise. But one person out of what a seven person draft doesn't fix your fucking team. They didn't draft what they needed whatsoever. Ask, ask Peyton Manning if that that's true. Okay, is is he Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning is a. I don't know. You can't Peyton, you can't just say Peyton Manning like that is a person that got drafted and did meh. It's fucking I mean, Peyton he, Manning. He's, he's the second best Manning behind Eli. But. Oh. Okay, I very much like Eli Manning, but you know that's a fucking lie to start with. No, it's not. I mean, who's got more Super Bowls? Aren't they tied? They, they both have two. I'm yeah. pretty, I was like, Eli, Eli I'm pretty sure the, they have two. Eli has the better winning percentage um, in the uh, playoff winning percentage. It's because he only made the playoffs like four times. Uh, as many Super Bowls as the Bills lost. Okay, but they still have the same fucking amount of Super Bowls. I hate when people bring that shit in like it doesn't matter. If you don't no. win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. Playoffs are really uh, don't matter. It goes by Super Bowls. If you're not a champion, you're not a fucking champion. It doesn't uh, matter how really, you get there. Dan Marino. So, so you... <sighs> So you say Dan Marino's not one of the best quarterbacks ever? I'm just ever. saying fucking overall. If I, overall. If, I had, if I had a challenge flag, I'd be throwing it in at this point. If you don't win a Super Bowl, overall, you're pretty much irrelevant. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with timeout. Joe Flacco. Flacco has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Uh, Mark Brunel. He does not. Uh, does he not? I thought he wanted I said, one with the back. I said pretty much. I'm not saying that, that they're not good football players or great football players or outstanding, but I'm saying people look at Super Bowls now. Flacco had around it. Brunel does not, to my knowledge. Eric would know better than I. Eric, does Brunel have a ring? If he does, then he would have been the backup for the Saints when they won their ring. I don't think he was, though. Because if he wasn't back up on that Saints team, then no, he doesn't have a ring. I want to say the backup for the Saints was Detmer. Okay, so we're while Jason looks that up, uh, my pick for the worst draft is Cincinnati. And it's not just specifically the... Yes, Burnell has a Super Bowl. Now, where did he get that ring? Um... Let's see here. Professional career. I think he got it as maybe a Packer. No. Had to be a Saint. Uh, Brunel changed his jersey. Started with, uh... Go ahead. I'll, I'll... Packer actually would make sense as the backup to uh, as the backup to Rogers. Not the backup to Rogers. It would have been the backup to Favre. Okay. Does it actually? That doesn't count. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you didn't play in the fucking game, you Brunel, shouldn't get a ring. I get you're a part of the team. I feel like only, only if you Super actually participated while you're playing should you get a fucking Super Bowl ring. All right, or go a ahead championship and, ring. Go ahead and try that again, Jason. First and only Super Bowl with the Saints backing up Drew Brees. Told you! 
I, I look the at one the, that said he was. I the one that said he had a ring. And look I at the said that he, he shouldn't have, have it. He was a backup of the Saints. <laughs> look at so the he shouldn't have it. All right. Anyways, can we finish the goddamn show, please? Maybe. No. I'm going with Cincinnati, and the only reason I'm going with Cincinnati is because I don't care how good Jamar Chase is going to be, and I get that maybe Burrow wanted to be reunited with his college wide receiver. When Joe Burrow dies behind center this year because you didn't get Penay Sewell, then you can worry about how important Jamar Chase is to your franchise. Okay, I'm not going to penalize them for overall having a bad draft. But I would say that was a horrible mistake of the pick for that reason. That particular pick, I completely agree with you and disagree that they should have got Sewell instead of Chase. The only offensive lineman that they picked up were Deontay Smith from East Carolina in the fourth and Jackson Carmen, who was one of the offensive tackles for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Here's the problem with Carmen. Carmen's coming off of an injury himself. Well, I mean, Gardner Minshew spent some time at East Carolina, and look at how he turned out. So there's possibility yeah. there. Yeah, for like four games, and then he reverted back to being just standard Florida dude, not super Florida dude. You know I what? I wanna, I wanna argue, but I really can't. <laughs> I will say this much: they did draft my favorite kicker in the draft in Cincinnati, and that was Evan McPherson, who was a Florida Gator. But other than that, the rest of this draft class is ass. And as good as Jamar Chase could be, I do think that I, I do think that um, of the two between Chase and who was the other one that came out from LSU this year? I'm trying to remember who it was. There was another one that came out from LSU this year besides Chase, and I don't remember. But regardless, the point being here is as good as Chase is going to be, as good as he could be. It was the wrong pick in that situation. And there's nothing that anybody can say from Cincinnati's franchise that will convince me otherwise. I'm right on your side with that one. Kennedy, where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter, Ed's underscore Ken. TikTok, Ken underscore Ed's. It's pretty much all my public platforms. Oh, so wait, you, you you didn't catch another TikTok fan. Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> yet. She hasn't caught another one yet. Jason, where can people find you online? They can. They can go fuck themselves. But if you don't want to go fuck yourself, it's at W2M Chairman on Twitter. Eric, where can people find you online? At Squid Sportshead on Twitter. If you want to deal with like live tweeting and everything else, Eric Watkins on Facebook. You know the drill as far as what to look for. If you want tutoring, flame wars, or what have you. And naturally, if you're looking for something extra special, slide into my DMs. Undergo the strict and proper vetting process. You get access to my dark Twitter, Snapchat, and all those other accounts at your leisure. And naturally, this is brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Website and commercial coming soon. Tax consultation, notary public, and wedding officiating services now available. Okay, a couple of things to discuss here real quick before I give my plugs. One, don't forget to check out Black Irish as well, available in the archives of the W2M Network with Eric, Jason, and occasionally Kennedy. 
not sure how regularly, but I know she's been a frequent guest. Eventually, those two will get me to show up for an episode of Black Irish, and I'll just sit there. We're not holding our breath under the circumstances. And I'll just sit there shaking my head like, like I do with you guys during a normal episode of the kickoff, most likely. <laughs> yeah, but there we have an open forum, and we will hurt your feelings. And there's no no topic that's uh, uh, that's off limits. We even talked about barbell tits. Barbell tits. Another thing to plug as well is Jason's done some work recently with the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, and since they're a co-affiliate of the WTOM Network, Jason, why don't you go ahead and give them a shout-out real quick where they can find you on Rattle Uh We just did the Spiral uh, recap um, review uh, that released Tuesday night. Uh, this Friday, me and Mark are doing a our B-side movie review of the very... Um, fun that I enjoyed um, Long Road to Ruin of Zombies uh, if you don't know what Zombies are please go watch the at least watch the first one um, part two's not as great and then capping it off with Aquarium of the Dead, the third injury in the Zombies trilogy um, then I've got a plethora of guest spots lined up I'll be covering uh, Maverick when it releases, uh, we're going to be doing a um, a sports trivia where right now, as it sits, there will be a cash prize depending on how drunk I get in Jacksonville, what that cash prize will be. Um, uh, let's see what else. And yeah, uh, definitely go support the uh, Rattler's Broadcasting Network in partnership with the W2M Network. On the wrestling side of things, TV Party Tonight released two episodes today for Rattle Legend Broadcasting, and yours truly was a part of both of them, Impact Wrestling's Under Siege 2021 and WrestleMania Backlash 2021, both from Rattle Legend Broadcasting. I sit down with Mark Rattle himself and then a pair of Chris's, Chris Bailey for Impact Under Siege and Chris Sheehan for WrestleMania Backlash. That's also available on the rest of the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, which is an affiliate of the W2M Network. In addition, if you're interested in the weekly television shows, you can check out myself, 411 Mania's Tony Acero, and the co-hostesses with the mostesses, Miss Liz Fuglisi, as we bring you the reaction every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. That is over on the Chair Shot Radio Network. And I do the three R's on 411mania.com for NXT. That that article gets posted usually on Sunday or Monday, depending on Tony's schedule. <laughs> Check that out at 411mania.com backslash wrestling. Eric, I think life is like a game show, but fuck if we have time to record it, right? <laughs> I mean, look, you're the one with the janky-ass technology, and then after the fact, it's like, oh, yeah. Why didn't you blow up my phone? We could have gone with the trivia half of the bracket. We could be finishing the second round and yada, yada, yada. Hm. Uh, we'll try to get you guys more episodes of Life is Like a Game Show soon. But for the locksmith, Kennedy Eddings, the, the unprofessional in every <laughs> sense of the goddamn word, Jason Teasley, 
And the anchor man, the DSDO, Eric Watkins. I am the voice of reason, though not so much tonight. My name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Gasbox. Hey, Eric, guess what? We didn't do Grammarly. We did do Grammarly while you were gone. And Grammarly is free for 30 days on the W2M network. Yeah, we get, covered that ad while you stepped away. Get Grammarly.com backslash W2M network and search for the W2M network on any Alexa 